Let us pray. God, thank you so much for this opportunity. To you we give all the glory and the honor. God, I pray that you would weave my hands to the gospel plow and tie my tongue to truth. Let me see into the hopes, joys, and the fears, and the hopes, joys, fears, and excitements of your people. Tie my tongue to truth. This we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, today I want to talk to you about the uh, topic, the subject of uh, Say My Name. Uh, some of you may be familiar with uh, that line that comes from uh, Destiny's Child song, uh, Say My Name, Say My Name. Uh, but before I get to the Destiny's Child piece and Say My Name, I want to kind of set some expectations and some awareness around Satan. So can we talk about Satan for just a few minutes? In particular, Satan in our text from today. You heard one version of this text where uh, that Mona read, but the one that we most commonly hear, that we know by heart probably, is when Jesus says to Peter, Satan, get thee behind me. That is the text that was read today. Satan, as we've come to understand it in the New Testament, it's kind of interesting to me that there are 35 instances in which Satan appears in the New Testament. What is interesting to me, though, is that there's really only about 10 times where it is actually the Greek word Satan that shows up. We have attributed Satan to a lot of different scriptures in the New Testament when really what is being said is prince of this world or prince of air or the powers of this world. And most scholars will say, oh, well, that's referring to Satan. The few times that we hear about Satan in the New Testament that's actually in the Greek, it says something in the text like, oh, Satan. The other times that we have attributed text to Satan, it says stuff like, oh, diabolos, which is translated as devil. But in this particular text, what's interesting is that of all the times that Satan is mentioned in the New Testament, in the commentary, what the scholars say or, or what they are not saying is anything about this particular text. This is not one of the 35 times that they say that Satan is mentioned. Why is that? There is no definite article before Satan in this particular text. It is not O Satan, it is not O Diabolos, it is just Satan. It is hard to translate this word Satan because there really isn't an English equivalent for it. So I decided I'd go all the way back to when it was used in the Old Testament. When it was used in the Old Testament, it was the word Satan, and it was used to mean adversary, accuser, slanderer. That is what our word Satan comes from. That is how the word is being used in this Mark text. This is going to blow your mind. It blew my mind. Listen to this. <laughs> All the times that Satan has been used that we didn't know about. Flip over to Psalm 3820. Those who render me evil for good are my adversaries because I follow after good. 
Guess what the Hebrew word there is for adversaries? Satan. Satan. Oh my. Flip on over to Psalm 71, 13, 14. Let my accusers be put to shame and consumed. Let my accusers be put to shame and consumed. Let those who seek to hurt me be covered with scorn and disgrace. Guess what the word accusers is translated as there in the Hebrew? Satan. Satan. There you go. Oh, catch this one. 1 Samuel 39, 4. But the commanders of the Philistines were angry with him, David. And the commanders of the Philistines said to him, Send the man back so that he may return to the place that you have assigned to him. He shall not go down with us to battle, or else he may become an adversary to us in battle. This text is calling David, King David. Guess what are they calling him? Satan. Satan. An accuser. So the question becomes to me that we not, well the point is actually not a question, that we not get our minds wrapped up in all of the theology that we've learned about Satan when it comes to this particular text. This Satan that's being mentioned here is not this person that lives under the subterranean earth that has horns sticking out of his head. This person in this case is Satan, an accuser, an adversary, one who is a slanderer. So when Jesus says, get thee behind me, Satan, he's not talking about the Satan that you saw in the scary show last night at the movie He is talking about a Satan that is an accuser, a slanderer, and an adversary. Yes. He's the Satan's life. Know this Satan that you're looking at and you're reading about. See, you wouldn't know it if I hadn't told you because, you know, when they translate the Bible, everybody has a motive behind how they translate things. So even when we turn to the New Testament, we don't really see Satan as we would see it in the Hebrew or in the Greek. So when we look at this particular text, get out of my sight, you Satan. You are judging by human standards rather than by God's standards. This is what Jesus says to Peter. Jesus calls Peter a Satan, an accuser, a slanderer, an adversary. We're not quite sure which one Jesus means by that. Is he saying, Peter, you're accusing me of being somebody that I'm not? We don't know if Peter is slandering Jesus because he rebukes Jesus for saying that I must die and I must be raised from the dead. We don't know if Peter is being an adversary blocking the move of God that is trying to happen. What I can tell you is that this particular Satan in this text is the same kind of Satan that many of us struggle with every day. Some of us are confused about who we are and whose we are. Jesus was quite clear when he said, get me behind me, accuser, slanderer, slash adversary, whichever one Jesus is meaning there. Jesus understands that his name, say my name, is Jesus, oh, this is all about a language study today. His name, Jesus, actually comes, is translated from the Hebrew, and Jesus' name is actually 
Joshua in the Greek, which has a root form in Yeshua, which can be translated also as Yahweh. But in the English, if we had to translate to the meaning of Jesus' name, that name would be salvation. So the problem is, Peter, Satan, accuser, slanderer, adversary, you don't know who I am. Jesus said, I need you to say my name, because it's Jesus, salvation, Yahweh, the risen one. Get my name right. Get me behind me, accuser, slanderer, and adversary. He says, you're mine is set on the human things. They are not set on the divine things. Amen. You see, <laughs> Peter was like, Jesus, well, what? You need to just get out there and just do a little bit of work and don't get in any trouble and everything will be just fine. Just keep just ministering to people and going around and healing people in private and out loud and, private, and don't get in any trouble. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. My name is Jesus, the one who has come for salvation. See, I have a, a, a challenge with this text. See, a lot of people have said, this text has been so abused. This is the main text in which ministers would say to women who are in abusive relationships, no, 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 it's okay. This is your cross to bear. You have to take up your cross and follow Jesus. Some ministers that have even gone so far as people on their deathbed with sickness in their bodies to say, oh, oh, it's okay. This is your cross bear. Take it up and follow Jesus. I want to come at this from before this taking up the cross today. Because the problem is that some of us can't even take up the cross and follow Jesus because we don't even know what our name is. We can't take up the cross and follow Jesus because we don't really fully understand what Jesus' name means. Some of us have a problem getting to the point to pick up our cross and follow Jesus because we just don't know who we are and who we belong to. We have allowed conditions and circumstances to say our name, to define us and to define who we are. So, when you hear somebody say, well, I'm poor, that just became your name. Right. I'm hungry, that just became your name. Right. I'm tired, that just became your name. I heard one minister say, whatever you say after I am, it will hunt you down and find you. What is your name? Who are you? If we are to pick up our cross and to follow Jesus, do we say his name or do we allow our conditions and our circumstances to define who we are, which then thus prevents us from picking up the cross and following Jesus? Consider Abraham and Sarah in the text today. God had to do something knew with Abraham and Sarah. God understood that Abraham and Sarah had a lot of baggage in their old identity. 
You may not have caught this, but Abraham and Sarah were 99 years old, and God said, guess what? You're going to have a baby. <laughs> that's, that's too much for the human mind to grasp. So God had to say, I'll tell you what. I can't call you Abram anymore. I need to drop in an eighth and another eight. Your name, your new name is Abraham, so that you now know that I have marked you and named you as my own. Your new name is no longer Sarah, it is Sarah. These are the names I need you to go by so that you don't forget that I have made you a promise that I will fulfill. And so, what is our name? How has God changed our name? How has God influenced our lives? Abraham becomes the father of many. Sarah, Sarah becomes the noble woman. Why is Abraham and Sarah important? Without them, according to Paul, we kind of don't have access to the promise that was given to Abraham that we then activate through Jesus. The Apostle Paul says, for this reason it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the inheritance of the law, but also to those who share in the faith of Abraham. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. There is a promise that we have that our identity is rooted in God Almighty. There is a promise that we have that we are children of God. So even when we may not be able to say our own name, we should at least be able to say, I am a child of God and heir to the promise that is found in Abraham. I am a child of God and heir to the promise that is found in Abraham and rooted in Jesus. When we can't even say our own name, we should be able to say, I am a child of God. I am not the cancer that is in my body. When we can't even say our own name, we should be able to say, I am a child of God. I am not the amount of money that is in my bank account. When we can't even say our own name, we should be able to say, I am a child of God, despite all the bills that I can't pay. When we can't even get a call for a job this week, to say, I am a child of God and heir to the promise. I am not defined by this defined by this lack of employment. But oh, as it said for Abraham, we ought to take this note from him. Uh, uh, Paul says, Abraham, the one who was 99 with Sarah, expecting a baby. The scripture says that Abraham was hoping against hope. I don't even know how you do that. How do you hope against hope? But he hoped so much that he believed that even at his age, they believed that they would have a child. Does anybody have enough faith and belief to say, whatever my circumstance is, I still believe that I am capable and able to do what God has called me to do? And if that's not enough, because like a good Baptist preacher that I kind of consider myself, I might as well go ahead and end this with a little bit of Jesus. 
When you can't even say your name. When you can't call on the name of Abraham. And when you can't call and say, I am a child of God. What you can at least call on is Jesus. Because Jesus, the name, remember, says salvation. So if you are looking for the salvation, if you are looking for a way to hope against hope, if you are looking for a way to access the promise that is found in Abraham and rooted in Jesus, a good place to start would be by saying his name, Jesus. I can imagine that as soon as Peter began to rebuke Jesus, that Jesus was kind of thinking to himself like Destiny, Destiny's child, that he wanted to just shake him and say, Peter, say my name. <laughs> Peter, wake up. Say my name, I am salvation. You have been deceived. Stop accusing me and slandering you. So today I stopped by 90022 Long Point Road to shake you a little bit, to tell you to say his name. At the end of the day, when all hope is lost and you need to hope against hope, say his name. When you don't know where to turn, say his name. When you don't know what to do next, say his name. When you are being accused and you are being slandered by your own Satan's up at the job and up in the church or wherever else you may be, <laughs> say his name. Whenever you encompass the problems that are holding you back, just say his name.